in some cases, getting in the back seat of their vehicle, uh, using defeat devices, which could be a water bottle or an orange. Uh, I know Senator Ed Markey liked to say that if you can defeat the safety feature with an orange, then autopilot is a lemon. The Tesla Q podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended for and should not be used as financial, investment, or trading advice. Research associated with fiscal decisions should be conducted elsewhere. The host of the show possesses no license or credentials to warrant accepting advice based on what is heard on the Tesla Q podcast. Additionally, even though the host and guests may hold positions in companies discussed on the show, they don't have insights into the next time step of the simulation. Therefore, do not make any financial decisions based on the contents of this podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 53 of the Tesla Q podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about several different angles from which the NHTSA might be looking at Tesla or should be looking at Tesla. Of course, as you should know, NHTSA stands for National Highway Transportation and Safety Administration, and many people pronounce it NHTSA when they talk about it. Before we get further into the podcast, if you'd like to become a contributor to the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash Podcast and be a monthly contributor. There is occasionally content that's exclusive to contributors, but most episodes are free. Uh, occasionally, there will be a bonus portion of an interview, things like that. But for the most part, the podcast is free. So we're going to talk about the NHTSA. And before we get started, I would I'd just like to give a little bit more background on myself. I have a technical background. I have a bachelor's and master's degree in a a technical subject. And I'm also professionally licensed in my field. And as part of professional licensure, there's a an organization that has a code of ethics. And the number one item from that code of ethics is to hold paramount the safety, health, and welfare of the public. So try to keep that in mind as you listen to the things that I'm saying about all these different angles that the NHTSA could be looking at Tesla from. So I have a list of five different things. Uh, Two of them kind of relate together. A third one could relate to those two uh, a bit. But one thing that I'll, I'll mention to begin with is that Many people would instantly discount something that I have to say as the host of the Tesla Q podcast because I hold a short position in Tesla stock. They would decide that because of that short position that my thoughts on matters of physics and safety are overly skewed by my financial position. And I would agree that there could be some some skewing and maybe added passion behind my positioning on the safety issues because of my financial positioning, but that doesn't mean that what I'm saying is not correct. Physics is physics, safety is safety. Just because someone has a financial position that would benefit from pointing things out, assuming that this person had a microphone that could sufficiently point it out to cause a difference in the share price, which clearly I don't have as the host of the Tesla Q podcast, There's a term for such a logical fallacy, and it's called an ad hominem attack. So while it may not be an attack in this case, it's an ad hominem dismissal of of what I might have to say because of my financial positioning. And I would caution anyone who might listen to this that might be tempted to, to think in that manner, to check themselves and think about the actual facts of the physics in this case, and all the different items that I'm going to talk about. So getting into my list, the number one item that I'm going to talk about 
is autopilot, which clearly we've seen video after video of people using autopilot without their hands, in some cases getting in the back seat of their vehicle, uh, using defeat devices, which could be a water bottle or an orange. Uh, I know Senator Ed Markey liked to say that if you can defeat the safety feature with an orange, then autopilot is a lemon. There's been numerous different ways that people have defeated the driver attention feature of autopilot, which apparently the driver attention for autopilot is based solely on applying a torque to the wheel. So with with some of these defeat devices, it's only maybe even less than a pound. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how much of a, a torque has to be applied to the, the wheel, but if you're not familiar with physics, torque is a force times a distance. So a lever arm, if it's longer, it's going to produce more torque than if it's shorter. So applying a torque to the wheel can avoid the what some people would call nuisance alarms from autopilot saying, hey, put your hands back on the wheel. But uh, as I said, some people get in the backseat of their car. Some people either take a nap or provide the appearance of taking a nap. And I'm recording this on January 5th, 2020. And earlier today, I saw far and away the most egregious video that I've seen so far. And it was of a parent. I, I assume it's a parent. If it's not a parent, then the parent of the child is, should be very, very angry. But it was a, a young child, apparently three years old, maybe maybe not quite three years old, two and a half, three, something, somewhere in that range. But they were in the driver's seat pretending to drive. Uh, not in a car seat, not restrained, and right in the the path of the airbag. So in the event that there had been even a minor fender bender that deployed the airbag, that would have been a horrific situation for that child. So whoever the parent was, I do whatever the the farthest opposite thing from commending you could be, uh, I guess condemning maybe, that was a terrible, terrible thing to do. Don't do it. Don't predictably abuse autopilot. So the big the big thing with autopilot is that it gets predictably abused. There has been a petition filed with the, with NHTSA to explore this aspect of it. Senator Markey sent a letter to Tesla in late November requesting a reply by December 6th, 2020, which Tesla and Elon Musk did not meet. As far as I know, they still haven't replied to Senator Markey. So predictable abuse is one aspect of autopilot that NHTSA is looking at. Another issue with autopilot that's come up is the claims that it's safer than human drivers. Back in February of 2019, uh, February 8th or 9th, I believe is when the report came out. There was the report that went, this guy had had to go to the trouble of filing a Freedom of Information Act request. And it took months and months, maybe even years to get the actual data and once he was able to look at the data and study it, it turned out that the 40% safer claim that Tesla had parroted over and over and over and over again was not actually backed up by the data. So based on that instance, the claims that Elon Musk makes about autopilot being safer than human drivers are not credible from my perspective. So yes, there are claims after claims from Tesla bulls and from Elon Musk that autopilot is safer than human drivers, but you can't take a nap yet, but people are doing that and it's not safe. 
I highly, highly don't recommend it. So that's, that's issue number one. Issue number two is related to that, uh, related to the statistics in particular, and that is the question of whether autopilot automatically disengages before a collision. It's not, not certain that this occurs, uh, but there, there have been instances that it appears that that's the case. There's, there was one particular video from Green the Only on Twitter where it appeared uh, that autopilot disengaged just before colliding with, uh, this was a controlled experiment where Green the Only placed a object in the path of the vehicle that would not damage the vehicle just to test how autopilot would react to it. And it appeared that autopilot automatically disengaged just prior to colliding with this this very weak obstruction, which was put in place for test purposes. So based on that, it appears that it is possible, I'm not saying definitively, but it is possible that autopilot is programmed to disengage prior to a collision. Why is this important, you might ask? It's important because of the amount of times that Elon Musk and Tesla tout that autopilot has not been involved in collisions. So when they say that autopilot wasn't engaged when a collision happened, you have to ask yourself, is that a relevant data point? So regardless of how autopilot is programmed from that angle, it is programmed to disengage when the driver applies a torque to the wheel or applies the brakes. I guess those are the main two inputs. I guess if they applied the accelerator, that could also do it. But regardless of whether it automatically disengages, in instances where a collision is about to happen, it's likely that the driver would do one of those things which would cause autopilot to disengage. So it would be much, much more relevant if rather than saying autopilot was not engaged at the time of collision, if they stated whether autopilot was engaged within, say, 10 or 15 seconds of the collision, or maybe even 30 seconds of the collision, that would be a far more relevant statistic. And if you don't think that that is what should be reported, then I would question your logic. So that's item number two. Item number three was talked about quite a bit last week on Twitter. There was a 122 tweet thread from Tesla Charts. You might have might have heard of him. You might have seen the thread, uh, assuming that Twitter didn't suppress it sufficiently. But it was a listing of instances uh, where people have experienced sudden unintended acceleration with their Teslas. What the cause of those instances was might might be very different in each case. Uh, in some of the cases, I'm sure the people did accidentally hit the accelerator pedal when they may have intended to hit the brake pedal and that's definitely possible uh i i have no way of proving or disproving what happened in those instances whether there's a common cause or anything like that but one one thing that i have thought about is apparently with teslas if you if you release your foot off of the accelerator it slows down so one, one thing that I've thought about is that maybe Tesla drivers get used to slowing down just from lifting off the accelerator pedal. And maybe because they've become accustomed to driving that way, maybe they accidentally do intend to press the brake 
hard but accidentally hit the accelerator hard maybe that's what happens i don't know but uh there's i'm sure going to be a lot more discussion about that uh the next episode of the chart cast is actually going to be an interview with ed niedermeyer who's been on my podcast previously uh it's going to be episode five of the chart cast it should be out thursday or friday of this next week so around the the 10th of january and I would almost guarantee that that Tesla charts and Mr. Niedermeyer will discuss this possible issue. Remember that several years ago, Toyota settled a a case involving sudden unintended acceleration. They paid, I think, over a billion dollars. And apparently part of the reason they decided to settle that was because they had enough cash to pay the settlement and they wanted to just get it in their past and get it behind them. So... That's one thing to, to keep in mind. Uh, I did see earlier today a new new to me video that was apparently from December tenth, twenty nineteen, that involved a an un, a sudden unintended acceleration occurrence. Uh, apparently, there were two people in the car, and they were just parking, going at a really slow speed, and then it just jumped and accelerated and and hit looked like some kind of parking covering. If you haven't seen that video yet. I think I retweeted it earlier today. As I said, today's January 5th, 2020. Item number four on my list is the Wampy Wheel issue. So early last year, back in February of 2019, I interviewed Keith Wiveneff on the podcast. He, for a number of years now, probably three or four or five years now, has been cataloging instances that appear to be cases where a Tesla vehicle's suspension has failed. They're not all exactly the same, but he's collected tons and tons of pictures. He's submitted them to NHTSA. Because he lives in a different country, NHTSA doesn't seem to pay much attention to him. Also, he's a, a bit of an eccentric character. Uh, one one particular item that I've seen that he posts about that I disagree with is he apparently doesn't believe that SpaceX actually lands their rockets on barges. He makes makes a good point that all the videos of the landings seem to be from SpaceX, but I, I've seen enough of uh, enough pictures of the the rockets coming back into shore from from being out to sea that I I do not believe that SpaceX fakes the rocket landings. I believe that they actually do occur. the The first Falcon Heavy launch had the two two side boosters land back on land, and I saw videos of that. Heard. Heard a really cool binaural audio clip of that, so I, I definitely don't agree with Keith on that. But on the Wampy Wheels issue, it looks like there may be a, an actual problem, uh, especially for the instances where the wheel came off at low speed when there was no apparent reason that it should have come off. Like in a crash or something, it, it's hard to say whether there's an actual issue or not. But if the car was just driving at a regular rate of speed and in a normal manner and the wheel falls off, that seems much more like an actual issue. So Wampy Wheels was number four. Number five is the battery fire risk. And in some cases, like with a, a crash again, if there's an impact that causes the fire, that's one thing. But the, the bigger concern is a case like what happened in Shanghai back in, I think it was May of 2019, 
when there was a car that was just parked and suddenly caught fire. And that instance in China preceded shortly a number of Tesla owners apparently getting an over-the-air update that caused their total range to decrease. I'm not sure if it caused their acceleration to, to decrease as well, but apparently Tesla sent an over-the-air update to these cars to cause them not to be able to charge to as high of a, a battery state of charge, I guess is the best way to say it. So the question is, does Tesla's more reactive chemistry, which is admittedly from Tesla bulls, the reason that they have higher energy density than all these other electric vehicles, why they're able to have a higher range, but does that higher reactivity, depending on the, the way that the battery is utilized as far as charge rate, amount that it gets charged up, and the acceleration that the, the driver enjoys utilizing, does that cause a fire risk when there's not even a wreck? That's a question. And there was a petition filed by, Ed, I think his name is Edward Chin. He's a, a lawyer, I think out in California. And NHTSA is reviewing that petition, as far as I know, to explore more about the Model S and Model X batteries and the over-the-air update that decreased the range of those vehicles. So that's another another issue that NHTSA is looking at. And uh, one thing that I considered doing a little write-up on or possibly a podcast episode was the different ways that you could be impacted by a fire from Tesla. So I never actually did that. So I'll just state the other ways. So a fire from your Model S or Model X that has a degraded battery, like that instance in Shanghai, that, that's one fire risk with Teslas. In a wreck, of course, you have a fire risk. With the solar panels, as evidenced by the Walmart lawsuit, there was a fire risk there. And I, I'm, I'm not sure there's been any Powerwall fires. I've, I'm not aware of any Powerwall fires to date. Uh, there was the Wawa supercharger fire, which was started, it started in a transformer that was feeding the supercharger. So I saw a number of Tesla bulls state that, oh, it wasn't the supercharger. The supercharger was fine, but it was the transformer that fed the supercharger. So it's part of the same circuit. Uh, as far as I know, that's that's the only supercharger related fire that I'm aware of. I'm, I'm not aware of other ones, but it's yet another place where a fire has occurred related to Tesla items. So not to say that they're a huge risk or, or anything, but the, the solar panel fire risk, I think is one that, that would scare me a bit more, especially if, if you had solar panels on your roof, but that's not a NHTSA issue. So not really relevant to the rest of this episode. This is going to be shorter than a lot of my episodes, but that's okay. Cause I never guaranteed that they would be all that long. So appreciate you listening. If you have a disagreement with something that I said in this episode, even if you're a Tesla bull, feel free to, to tweet at me and we'll try to have as reasonable discussion as possible. If you simply come at me with an ad hominem attack, I, I may not respond in the most kind manner. Please come with respect. Uh, don't assume that I'm being disingenuous in any way. There are 
potential issues out there with Tesla vehicles, if you ignore them or assume that they don't exist just because you like Tesla as a company, I would say that you're not thinking through the issue in a complete manner. And I would recommend that you do so. So with that, we're going to call this episode number 53 of the Tesla Q podcast. Thanks for listening. Keep on listening and go listen to the chart cast if you haven't yet with uh, Tesla charts. I also saw earlier today that apparently he's going to have Greg Wester on in the near future. And Greg has some actual real life experience using Tesla's autopilot. So that should be a, a very, very interesting episode. I think it's going to be in early February. So be sure to listen to that. And if you want some shorty merchandise, go to evacuationboy.com and check that out. Thanks for listening and bye-bye.